So as we gather this morning to celebrate the Lord's Supper together as a church family, our message is going to fit in with that. We, we introduced last month uh, that we're going to be doing this series of Lord's Supper sermons. Uh, each time we celebrate the Lord's Supper for the next couple months, we're going to be looking at the Old Testament. And in particular, the five major sacrifices of the Old Covenant. Because, as we started to see last week, those pictures in Old Testament sacrifices all pointed forward to Jesus. And so by studying how they, as pictures, point forward to Jesus, it helps us, as we come to the Lord's Supper, uh, a picture that points back to Jesus. Uh, and so it'll be a kind of a new and, and fresh way to get the same good news into our hearts and our lives. Even though we don't live under the Old Covenant, we learn from it. It's for our instruction, God says. Uh, and so we come this morning to the second major sacrifice uh, of, the, of the Old Covenant. And the first one we looked at last time was the burnt offering. And now this week we come to the grain offering. It's Leviticus chapter 2 that describes it uh, in, in, the, in the fullest terms in the Old Testament. Uh, we looked at Leviticus 1, the burnt offering last time. Now we're at chapter 2 and the grain offering. So let's first read uh, just part of the description there in chapter 2. We'll read verses 1 through 10. Let's listen to God's word. When anyone brings a grain offering as an offering to the Lord, his offering shall be of fine flour. He shall pour oil on it and put frankincense on it and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priests. And he shall take from it a handful of the fine flour and oil and all, with all of its frankincense. And the priest shall burn this as a, its memorial portion on the altar, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But the rest of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the Lord's food offerings. When you shall bring a grain offering baked in the oven as an offering, it shall be of unleavened loaves of fine flour mixed with oil or unleavened wafers smeared with oil. And if your offering is a grain offering baked on a griddle, it shall be of fine flour unleavened mixed with oil. You shall break it in pieces and pour oil on it. It is a grain offering. And if your offering is a grain offering cooked in a pan, it shall be made of fine flour with oil. And you shall bring the grain offering that is made of these things to the Lord. And when it is presented to the priest, he shall bring it to the altar, and the priest shall take one, or shall take from the grain offering its memorial portion, and burn this on the altar, a food offering with a pleasing aroma to the Lord. But the rest of the grain offering shall be for Aaron and his sons. It is a most holy part of the Lord's food offerings. Let's let's pray for God's blessing. Lord, we look to you as the God who has spoken. And the God who still speaks through the Word and through the Spirit, Lord, speak to our hearts the good news of what you've done. And we pray that your people will be encouraged uh, to live accordingly, even here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So if you've been around church circles long enough and celebrated this Lord's Supper uh, enough times, you've probably heard a number of discussions, or at least references to how to prepare for the Lord's Supper, or that at least you should prepare for the Lord's Supper. That there is a, 
uh, getting ready to come to celebrate this this uh, memorial, this this sacrament, this testimony to God's work. Getting ready. That's good. That's important. I wonder if you've ever thought about or heard mentioned or talked about how to depart from the Lord's table. So so we talk about how to come. Have you ever thought about how to leave? So we kind of talk about the on-ramp. What about the off-ramp? You know, okay, so this is the main event. Uh, this is the highway. Uh, preparing, that's important, the on-ramp. But what about the off-ramp of the Lord's Supper? How we respond, how we, how we move away uh, to this encouragement from the Lord? Well, I think what will be helpful, believe it or not, is the grain offering. Because what the grain offering is is the sacrifice of the Old Covenant that was all about response. It was uh, the people's response to the saving work of God. God provides a saving substitute, and God's people respond with thanksgiving and dedication. Uh, And that's what was pictured in the Old Covenant sacrifices and what we have in the fulfillment in Jesus, and what we're to live out here today. An offering of response. So let's get at it by first talking about the grain offering, uh, and particularly what is different and unique about the grain offering. So we have these five different types of sacrifices in the Old Covenant, and there's a lot of similarities between them, uh, but, but it's helpful to kind of try to pick out what are the uniquenesses of each one. Because uh, they're off all a little bit different, and it's those unique elements that show you the, the major theme of what we're supposed to take away. Well, here's a couple unique aspects to the grain offering. Uh, one is, uh, in contrast to what we looked at a month ago, for the grain offering, not all of it is burned up on the altar. Not all of it is burned up on the altar. So you got to remember where we are uh, physically. You can picture yourself in the scene of, of an Old Testament believer. Uh, kids, do you remember what we were talking about? If you're in the Old Testament there, God's people have just come out of Egypt, and he has them in the wilderness, and in the wilderness he gives them his law. And a big part of it was construct this special tent, uh, the tabernacle. God's people are all gathered there in the wilderness in tents, And now here's this special tent, this royal tent, because this is where the glory presence of God will dwell, God among his people. Well, this tabernacle has a courtyard to it, and in the courtyard is an altar where offerings would be given and burned up before the Lord. Well, the one we looked at last time, the burnt offering, the entire thing was put on that burning altar, and the entire thing was burned up. But now we're specifically told not all of this one is going to be burned up. Part of it, but then the rest of it is actually given away to the, to the priests, the sons of Aaron, uh, which is this is the way God provided for, for the priests. They, as they get into the promised land, remember that's where it's going. Uh, God's people are going to settle down into the promised land, and this is all going to become permanent. Uh, God's presence, special presence in Jerusalem, God's people all around, and the tabernacle tent is going to turn into the permanent temple. 
but when everybody settles down, uh, each tribe is going to get land to grow their own food, but not the priests. How are they going to survive without land to grow food? Well, it's things like the grain offering. portion of it burned up, uh, and, and the rest given to, to the priests who serve the Lord. This, incidentally, Paul picks up in 1 Corinthians 9 and says, uh, this is a, a, a biblical reason why it's okay, even good, to, in the New Covenant, pay those who preach the gospel. Um, they serve the Lord just like the servants of the Lord in the Old Covenant, and so it's good to pay them. One uniqueness. Not the whole thing is burned up. Here's an even more significant one, a unique element to the grain offering. There is no blood. There's no blood. Nothing dies with this one. Uh, if you remember last month we talked about the burnt offering, the whole focus of it was something dies. Uh, blood is shed. Blood is poured out. Something dies. That was the whole point. And now the shocking difference is with this one, the only one of the five, nothing dies. Uh, no blood is shed. And that gets, us, that gets us thinking, well, what's unique about this one? Well, it's helpful maybe to review what we talked about with the burn offering. Remember the theme there was something dies. So worshiper Israelite was coming before the glory presence of God right there at the tabernacle, coming before the Lord. Uh, but there's this big problem, right? It's, it's fabulous that God is, has, has gathered this people together. Uh, what great and glorious news that God is dwelling among his people. But there's a big problem. God is holy and righteous, and this people is not. They're sinners. They're stained. Uh, in God's presence, they would be consumed, judged. Right? It's, it's our problem, too, isn't it? Right? Uh, whether it's here, uh, as we think about being in God's presence, certainly going before the Lord uh, in, the, in the life to come, how is it that sinners like us are not going to be consumed, judged by the Lord? We're not holy, and he is. Well, God provides the solution. The solution is a substitute. A substitute who bears the wrath of God uh, so that the guilty one can go free. Uh, the innocent, spotless substitute. Remember in that burnt offering, it was the spotless animal. The best, the most uh, unblemished animal you had. That was the one the worshiper would bring. And remember, the worshiper was to, to put his hands, to lean his hands upon the head of that animal. The whole picture is identification, uh, substitution, right? This animal for me, I'm the guilty one, I'm the stained one, this one is spotless, I deserve to die. This one doesn't deserve to die, but this one in my place. Can you see Jesus there, right? There's the, the good news of Jesus being foreshadowed. Uh, it's, it's what we celebrate here, right? Something dies. Jesus. Uh, it's pictured. Jesus dies. How is it that we're going to be rescued uh, by uh, and, and be allowed to be in the presence of God? We're unclean. We can't clean ourselves up. We need a substitute to die in our place. Uh, the picture of the burnt offering was that spotless lamb would die and the wrath of God, the fire offered to God, course the fulfillment is Jesus. Jesus goes to the cross and the fires of God's wrath fall upon Jesus and we don't contribute anything. We just lean upon Christ by faith 
and, and we're cleansed, we're forgiven, we're set free, we're welcomed into the presence of God. There's the burnt offering. Something dies in our place. The sacrifice that God provides. Blood poured out to save us. Then you get to the grain offering. There's no blood. Yeah, because this one is not about dealing with sin. This one is about responding. God provides the sacrifice. And here the response is thanksgiving and dedication. Uh, thanksgiving. Uh, you, you come with... With, with the, the best of what, of what God has given to you. Right? The, it's the fine flower. It's the first fruits of your harvest, and it's offered up to the Lord. Uh, you're thanking the Lord. God has provided this. Right? The only way he gave it to you, because he brought the rains and he made the crops grow, you're thanking the Lord for it. And thanking the Lord for his rescue, his salvation, for that, that substitute that you don't deserve. So it's thanksgiving. It's also, it's also dedication. Uh, the word that's, that's uh, translated thank offering, uh, if you care, it's the Hebrew word minha. Uh, but it's used elsewhere in scripture and outside of scripture to refer to tribute. Uh, the tribute that you would give to a king that rules over you. So 2 Corinthians, or 2 Samuel chapter 8, you have there King David, and he defeats the Moabites. And so now the people of Moab are ruled over by King David. And what do we read in 2 Samuel 8? But that the Moabites bring to King David a minham, a tribute. Right? You're our king. Here. We give tribute to you. It's a, a sign of your rule, a sign of our dedication to following your rule. Because we could be in trouble if we don't. You know. uh, but that picture, now in glorious form, with God as the ultimate king. right? He's, he's made us and saved us. And so the Israelite comes uh, before the Lord there, uh, the great king in his royal tent, and offers up a, a minha, a, a tribute Lord, you've, you've purchased me. I belong to you. Uh, you. You're the king. You rule over me. I am yours. I dedicate myself uh, to you. Uh, one, other, one other element of the grain offering that's a, a little bit unique and worth mentioning before we start to make more and more application, uh, it's this. If you look at some other passages in Scripture, particularly Numbers 28 that talks about the daily offerings that are offering, offered before the Lord at the tabernacle, you start to realize that the grain offering is to be offered before the Lord every single day. Every single day, grain offering. But you also learn this. As it's offered day after day after day, it's never offered day after day alone. Those daily offerings. Yes, grain offering, but never by itself. It's always in those daily offerings offered right paired with a burnt offering. Now, and we got to think about it, but there's a powerful picture here. Uh, and God, God wants his people to get it, right? The thank offering, the, the, the grain offering, which is all about thanksgiving, dedication. Uh, it always is paired with, comes with, comes after the burnt offering. 
The burnt offering, that's God dealing with our sin, is the picture. Uh, what God has provided, the substitute uh, that deals with us, our sin and makes us holy. Uh, it's only paired with that that a thank offering, a, a response, a dedication makes sense. So as the Israelite was bringing this, uh, this grain offering before the Lord, it wasn't, okay, now I'm going to buy God's favor. Now I'm going to do just enough Thanksgiving things or just enough dedication things that God's going to like me or that it's going to clean me up. No, 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 no. It was always paired with the saving substitute picture of sacrifice. Burn offering. Leviticus 1. No coincidence that that comes first. Deal with sin. God's got to do it. It's got to be the substitute. And then, and only then, does the, the thanksgiving, the dedication offering even make sense. Right? And can you see how we're doing that here? What's the, what's the main event? The main event as we come to the Lord's table is not you coming and thanking God. Not it. The main event here, the highway here, is not you coming and dedicating yourself to God. Nope. The main event, the focal point, the starting point, is God providing the sacrifice, or God showing you the sacrifice he's already provided. It's God speaking what he's done, not something you do. Which is why we're talking about a response, a, an off-ramp to the Lord's Supper. All right? We see, we take in the, the burnt offering-like picture. The substitute God provided for me. I can't clean myself up, but he's done it. Uh, praise the Lord, and then that flows in. It only makes sense that the response becomes, thank you, Lord, with my lips and with my life. Then the response becomes dedication to the Lord with my lips and my life. But it's a response. Uh, it's always paired, grain offering, always paired with the burnt offering. You see it here. God providing showing how he's provided the sacrifice. And then thanksgiving, dedication, it only flows from you got to keep the two together. You're not coming before the Lord with some kind of neat thing to impress him. Look, I'm going to say enough thank yous to God where he'll like me again. Or rededicate myself to God where well, he'll be, okay, uh, I'll put up with him for another week. No. The reason we're, God is pleased with us is because of the sacrifice God has provided and then what flows out is the thank you and the, and the dedication. And God is pleased with that because it flows right from uh, Jesus. It's grace and gratitude. Our only hope in life and in death is that I belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Right? There's our hope. It's not, our hope isn't, I did enough thank yous. It's my only hope is what Jesus is. And so then we're, start, we're able to talk about, okay, well, what does it look like for us to make that offering of thanksgiving and dedication? We're not trying to replace Jesus. No, but this is what flows from Jesus. Uh, we're not trying to get rid of grace. It's gr gratitude that flows from grace. And, of course, this is, this is absolutely connected to it. Uh, you can't have Jesus uh, really, truly, and not have it make some thanksgiving uh, in your life or dedication in your life. So what does the, 
that thanksgiving and dedication begin to look like? Well, you could, you could see how even in the Lord's Supper, let's start with thanksgiving, how even as we take the Lord's Supper, it gives us that opportunity to respond. Right, the, the main thing that, that we're going to be getting is God speaking the good news of Jesus, that he died for us, and that's all we need. But, but immediately, we'll, we'll, you'll have that opportunity for your heart to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. The main thing is not the thank you, but it, it, sure enough, you get this reminder of Jesus. Yeah, thank you. We'll come. And then you just start to let your thank you flow into your life. That, 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 that the, this, is, this is your Monday and your Tuesday and your Wednesday. Thank you, Lord. Wake up. Thank you, Lord. Go to bed. Thank you, Lord. And that's hard. It's, it's a challenge. I was, I was really convicted by how one pastor put it as he was talking about, about the grain offering and then and offering thank offerings to the Lord in the, in the context of responding to the gospel. And he, was, he put it this way. He said, here's the trick. Most of us are much better at offering crank offerings versus thank offerings, right? Maybe that's you. I fall into this, right? The, the crank offering, the, uh, you know, complain, this is bad, this is awful, this is awful. You know, wake up in the morning, uh, crank offering, go to bed at night, uh, you know. We're, we're good at that. So here's the good news. God's showing us Jesus again. It's not try harder. It's look at Jesus more. And here he's showing you again the good news of Jesus. And what is that, what is that fuel? It fuels to transition the, the crank offerings to thank offerings to the Lord. Uh, and so it's waking up in the morning. And not because everything is perfect. You might wake up in the morning and you're in pain. Uh, you might wake up in the morning and you feel awful. You might go to bed at night and feel overwhelmed because there's so many things going on in the world and in your world. Uh, but, but what Jesus does is it speaks into that. It speaks into that and says, yeah, but I'm safe because of Jesus. I might wake up and feel awful, but thank you, Lord, I'm safe because of him. Uh, I might go to bed feeling just, oh, the world is a mess, but thank you, Lord, I'm safe. Thank you, Lord, you're even using the suffering. Uh, even the, the details of the hurt you're using for my good. What did we confess? Uh, that, that not a hair from our heads is going to fall apart from the Father, and that all things must work together for my salvation. That's what the Scripture teaches. And so there, even as you maybe you feel the, this hurts or this is heavy, and that can become a thank offering because you know not only are you safe in Christ for time and for eternity, but even God's going to use that hard thing. For your salvation and for good, uh, and so the even the heart then becomes more and more thankful. Right? And of course, wake up, go to bed, everything in between, more and more, because you see Jesus and what He's done, and it just flows out. Thank offering, dedication, which is the other part of the uh, aspect to the the grain offering that that minha idea of of tribute dedication, right? If if Christ has, has died for us, then we belong to him. Right? What does scripture say? Right? That, that we are not our own, but we've been bought with a price. Right? What do we confess from the Heidelberg Catechism? Right? It's just taking that idea. Right? 
I belong in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. Wonderful news. That's our hope. But we, but part of, part of dedication, responding is, oh yeah, I, I don't belong to myself. So I, so I can't go into this new week thinking, uh, well, here's what I want. Or, or I'm going to live for my glory, or I'm going to live for my pleasure, because what, what Jesus reminds us of is, I don't belong to myself. I belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a glorious thing. He's a kind and gracious and loving king, but he is my king. And therefore, it's this opportunity flowing out from the, from the supper and his purchase of me is, okay, now I, I rededicate myself to and again, you can start that even in the midst of your of your worship. Um, have you noticed that almost always our final hymn is a, a hymn that emphasizes dedication? And especially that, that last verse that we always sing, and it will sing this morning, right after the Lord's Supper. Did you notice that it's a hymn, a verse that focuses on dedication to the Lord? That we who know your favor may serve you as our king? Not, I'm going to serve you as my king to earn your favor. Nope, that's not it. Ne never offer a grain offering by itself. It's always the, the burn offering that flows into the grain offering. So it's we who know your favor, right? Here, here we get it. Jesus has purchased us grace. But then we who know your favor, we serve you as our king, right? Make a joyful duty, our sacrifice of praise. Yeah, our whole lives a sacrifice, our whole lives an offering. We rededicate ourselves to that even as we sing because, because we're his. And if we're really getting it more and more, the Holy Spirit is teaching us, that's a joyful duty. It can be hard, but a joyful duty. And then it's just the, the, that flowing out, maybe even in the service. So you celebrate the Lord's Supper and then we'll sing that hymn, Lord Make a joyful duty, my sacrifice of praise. Maybe you, you walk out of here and you walk over to the, the offering boxes and you and you you put in tithes and offerings, or whether to the general fund or the deacon's fund. Uh, remember, grain offering had that, that purpose of part of it was to, to support the, the preaching of the gospel, to support the work of the, of the church. It, that was part of the tribute. Is you, you gave, not trying to earn God's favor, not because God needed your money or the church needed your money or something like that, but it's, oh, here's a tangible way, right? Whether it's general fund, I'm going to support the preaching of the gospel in various places, or deacon's fund, I'm going to care for those who are in special need. There's part of that rededication and, and response to the gospel. And then that flows out into your week. Lord, Lord, help my entire Monday and Tuesday to be about dedication to you. Not trying to earn the favor, but that we know your favor. We have been given and graced and purchased by Christ that favor. Now we serve you as our king. See how it's connected to Jesus? Right? The, these Old Testament pictures, they're pointing forward. Uh, the supper is going to have us looking back at what Jesus has completed. Don't, don't try, any of us, whether you've known Christ or you're still a stranger to Christ, don't try to take in, I'm going to be thankful, or I'm going to dedicate myself to God and to good things. Don't do that apart from Jesus. It doesn't work. It doesn't make sense. 
right? The, 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 main, the main event, the highway, is what God has done for you. And then it just flows out. Thank you, Lord. Uh, it flows out. Lord, I belong to you. Help me to, to, to live my life for you, dedicate my life to you, a joyful duty, because Christ has purchased us. Let's, let's pray together. Father, we do thank you and praise you. You have been good. You have rescued your people, even us. And now we pray that you would show us afresh uh, the, the good news that your word declares in, in words. Lord, show us in, in the pictures of the supper the good news of Christ given for us. We pray in his name. Amen. Amen.